The Trojans were a part of a 4th of July commitment party with three special guests. I'll tell you if they arrived and where they're going for the after-party fireworks. Is USC's move to the Big Ten Conference so far having a positive effect with recruiting? Or are there still lessons to be learned? And USC and USC and UCLA to a lesser extent are the winners in the move to the Big Ten Conference. But what about the rest of college football? Who are some of the losers? Let's talk about it on this episode of Locked on USC. Hello again, everyone. I'm your host, Mark Holkin, and thanks for listening to Locked on USC. And thanks for making Locked on USC your first listen every day. Locked on USC is growing, and we want you to come along for the ride. So thanks for listening. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget, we're free. All right. So there were no fireworks in Los Angeles this 4th of July holiday. They're not allowed. Um, And five-star offensive lineman Francis Maragoa, once again, um, he had his hat. Well, he had USC's hat on the table. Uh, However, this time it was Miami who took home the bag, so to speak. You know, Trojan fans, I think you'll agree. This is becoming a little bit more than just coincidental uh, when the Trojans continue to miss out on their top targets uh, along the lines, specifically the O-line. I mean, you hate to say that Lincoln Riley is being out-recruited, but something is amiss when it comes to USC and winning these recruiting battles. Um, Lincoln's having no problem getting the five-star quarterbacks, receivers, defensive backs, winning the transfer portal with running backs and other positions. But uh, look, this NIL game, uh, name, image, likeness, this whole thing, it's no joke. Uh, the NCA didn't just, you know, kind of pick John Ruiz's name out of a hat for a quick "How you doing?" meeting. You know that that the Miami Hurricanes billionaire collective uh, that he runs—they're doing some work. Um, it's you know the it's called Life Wallet, and they're putting together some, you know, if the rumors are true, some really life-changing ideals. And again, if these rumors are accurate, and we have no reason to doubt the veracity, um, we're, we're talking multi-million dollar deals that are, begin, that are being offered to high school kids that, have, that, number one, haven't even played their senior year of high school, let alone a down of college football. So, you know, until there are rules put in place, uh, USC better start playing these same game, these, the same game, or they're going to continue to have to win the transfer portal and that, and the offseason award for getting transfers to come in because, you know, yeah, they, they have a nice 2020, 23 recruiting class lined up, uh, but it's, it's, it's heavy in the skill positions and real light in the trenches. And that's where USC needs to, to hit hit the recruiting trail hard and they're just they're not having as much success as they would like um you know you know i mentioned that there were going to be three guests uh we talked about francis malagoa um micah banuelas out of kennedy catholic uh, he was expected to announce uh this fourth of july holiday excuse me and uh he actually pushed his ceremony back to the to July 15th. Now, 
some are speculating, and I'm kind of in this in this camp, that he's waiting to see what happens to uh, to Oregon and Washington with their programs. Um, because, you know, they're members of the Pac-12 Conference, and some felt that Oregon was leading USC and UW uh, in in Micah's recruiting uh, recruiting process. And while those at USC felt good about uh, Micah, um, it, it is curious that, you know, why Oregon and Washington are waiting around to see what's going to happen with their programs as far as remaining in the Pac-12 or, or joining another conference. Uh, he, you know, he, he pushes his announcement back a couple of weeks when it seemed like he was ready to commit. So uh, it's going to take a little bit more convincing, at least to me, that this isn't playing a role in his decision making. Uh, I, I think if if or if USC was the pick, it wouldn't matter that Oregon and Washington are kind of hanging out there in limbo. So um, obviously, USC isn't leading, at least in my mind, for Micah's um, commitment. So who knows? Maybe the longer it takes. USC ends up with the net positive on this one. If uh, the Big Ten extends Oregon, USC fans might be going 0 for 2 um, as far as the offensive linemen are concerned with, with out of the commis- commitments they were anticipating for the 4th of July. They're already 0 for 2 if you want to count the Josh Cornerly uh, commitment, even though he's part of the 2022 class. And then the third name um, that was out there on USC's invite list was athlete Micah Tease out of Booker T. Washington High School in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, If you've been reading WeRSC.com, and you should be reading WeRSC.com daily when you're not listening to Locked on USC, uh, we kind of already hinted over there um, that Micah was going to be choosing Arkansas, and he did. Uh, when he made his commitment, USC sees uh, Micah playing cornerback. You know, he is listed as an athlete. Arkansas uh, sees him, and Micah actually sees himself playing wide receiver. So I guess if it doesn't work out for these guys um, with their initial commitments, uh, they can always get linked in with USC later. And as the sun comes out, and small businesses are back in business. LinkedIn jobs, uh, LinkedIn jobs make it easier to grow your team. LinkedIn jobs help you find the people you want to interview faster and for free. You know, I remember years ago, years and years ago, I I joined LinkedIn and I I kind of drifted away. But lately, I've been getting some uh, people trying to reconnect with me through LinkedIn, and it's probably because it's really easy. Uh, you can create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs you, to, to reach the network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. That's a lot. Uh, then you can add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. Uh, LinkedIn also has simple tools like screening questions. It makes it easy for you to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize 
who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses like, uh, they, they rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus their leading comp- versus the leading competition. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week, nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? So go ahead, post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right. So, nope, we kind of did a little recap there with the 4th of July holiday recruiting. And again, um, whatever I didn't go over here, make sure you head on over to wrsc.com. Scott Schrader, Eric McKinney, myself, Greg Katz, Inside the Trojan Huddle, uh, our weekly podcast, Chris Arledge and his musings. We have you covered with all of your Trojan content. Now, we kind of touched on, <coughs> excuse me, the uh, USC and UCLA heading over to the Big Ten Conference. So we know that USC and UCLA and the Big Ten are the winners in this deal. But, you know, there are some losers, and we should probably start talking about those losers, including, you know, the game of college football itself. You know, it's it's over as we know it. And I think the blame should probably start with uh, the SEC and ESPN, you know, for poaching Texas and Oklahoma away. That was probably the first smoke signal that, Things were about to change and the stuff was about to hit the fan. And, you know, I actually, I, I touched on this in my Monday morass column uh, that I, that we just put out on uh, this 4th of July holiday. One of the things that's been, uh, one of the things that's getting lost um, in the transition here where the game, where these, com- the super conferences are going national are the rivalries and the tribalism that's part of college football, that's part of college football. And it's getting lost in the chasm um, that's being created by these super conferences because that's the direction of the game. I mean, are we really seeing the last couple of USC versus Cal versus Cal Golden Bear matchups? Look, Cal football, for the most part, the last 30 plus years hasn't been very good. Um, the last time they saw a Rose Bowl, Eisenhower was in the Oval Office. However, um, USC and Cal have been playing each other longer than any other, at least USC has been playing Cal longer than they've been playing any other program that's been a part of the Pacific Coast Conference, the Pac-10, Pac-8, Pac-12. Um, so, you know, as far as me personally, I would hate to see that rivalry go by the wayside. Uh, that private school versus public school thing. Uh, USC has always been a part of uh, the the Joe Cap mem- the Joe Cap Memorial game. Whenever they go up and play in Berkeley, uh, that's a really special uh, special game. Uh, I, I encourage people to to maybe do a little internet research and look up Joe Cap, uh, quarterback for the Cal Bears. And let's let's be honest here, Cal might not you know, have a quality football program year in and year out, 
but they put in they they put some quality NFL players in year in and year out. So it'll be interesting to see if uh, if they get to come along to the Big Ten because I have a feeling that uh, Notre Dame is going to be joining, and then the next invite is going to go to Stanford. And that would be kind of awkward if Stanford gets an invite, but not Cal. Uh, don't look. Don't don't misunderstand me here. I have zero love for this. You know the whole Pac-12 conference group hug philosophy. You know the, the kind of stuff you see over in the SEC with their clap clap sham that they do at the end of every game. Um, I'm not into that. I've always been. You know, it's USC and everybody else. And look, no one came running to give USC a group hug um, when when they got hammered by the NCA. In, in fact, if anything, there was a lot of dancing on their on USC's grave and partying going on when when uh, when those sanctions came down. <coughs> so, uh, you know. Yeah, I, I might it might sound like I'm lamenting everything here and I'm going to miss the, the Pac-12, and I will from a traditionalist point of view. Um, but I look, my empathy level is pretty minimal here. <laughs> but, you know, we do. I, I think it would be remiss if, if I didn't point these things out, um, that things are changing. And I'm again. I'm not sure if it's if, if it's for the best. Only time will tell. Um, you know, I feel bad for the little guy. You know, the, like you know, Wazoo and, and Oregon State. You know, because pretty soon, you know, there aren't going to be any of those uh, Pac-12 after dark upsets. That look, well, no one, no one east of the Rockies was watching, but those types of games are. For the college football enthusiast, uh, that's what makes this game so much fun. It makes it so much different than the NFL. And right now, the college game is kind of drifting more towards the the professional land, uh, landscape. And I don't know if that's good, but it is what it is. Um, you know, do I enjoy watching USC uh, in Corvallis losing to Oregon State? When it's close to midnight, of course not. But I know Beaver Beaver Nation enjoyed it. I know it's overall it's good for the game. It gives the little guy hope that they have a chance. Um, you know, hopefully that doesn't get lost in, in this in this chasm that's going to continue to grow. Um, what about the tradition of the Rose Bowl? Is that gone forever? And unfortunately, you know, I, I think we have to call that, you know, that, 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 that death has been a slow bleed. And again, I'm looking at it from the traditionalist point of view here. Uh, ever since the BC, BCS got involved, uh, the Rose Bowl and its tradition has, has been on life support. Uh, I was there when, when USC was cheated out of their three-peat <laughs> in their loss uh, to Texas. Um, and and I, I watched in horror when Oklahoma and Georgia soiled the Rose Bowl. Um, to see a program from the Big 12 
and from the SEC playing on those hallowed grounds in place of the representatives from the Big Ten and the Pac-12. Yeah, that was the kind of that left a that didn't leave as bad of a taste in my mouth as USC's loss to Texas, but um, it didn't taste good, didn't look good, and that really to me was the end of the tradition of the Rose Bowl. So here's the thing, you know, if you're mad at USC for taking the money ball and leaving, don't be. Um, look, USC was tired of being taken advantage of. And USC was tired of being used for a new TV contract that was still going to lag way behind um, USC's blue blood competition, the Ohio States of the world, the Alabamas of the world. That's who USC is competing against. Sure, they're competing against the competition in the Pac-12 on Saturdays or whenever the game day is. But when it comes to the bigger picture, recruiting, winning national championships, the arms race for, um, for, for having the best facilities, USC had to make this move. They had to go from making $30 million a year to hopefully, potentially making over $100 million a year. You know, had... They, they, they couldn't wait around for that new TV contract. You know, had Larry, had Larry Scott, the old Pac-12 commissioner, taken that ESPN money a couple of years ago, you know, who knows? Maybe things would be different. Because I'll tell you, you know, if it was up, if, if I'm making the decision, if USC has to split money equally, then they're, they prefer splitting $1 billion per year among 16 to 20 teams in the Big Ten compared to what's going to be forecasted at what, a billion-dollar TV, uh, TV contract over multiple years among 12 teams in the Pac-12? Do the math. It's easy to see why USC made this move. Um, it's easy. So it's something. That, that's just something else for the have-nots. And I don't mean, I'm not saying that meanly, but that's what you're being relegated to. Um, that's something for you guys to think about now uh, while you wait for an invite to a, you know, to a viable conference. And I'm specifically talking to you, Oregon and Washington. Um, look, the smaller schools like Washington, Washington State, Oregon State, they were happy to take whatever piece of the pie they were going to get. And they understand where they are in the totem pole. Oregon, I'm not sure they really understood that. So, uh, in fact, I would bet (laughs) with the way they perceive themselves that they didn't know that. And if they weren't sure, they can head on over to betonline.net because they're, they're your number one source for all your betting needs and sports information. You can find all of your latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's NHL playoffs and Major League Baseball information over there on betonline.net. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. and 
BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check on all of your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. Head on over to their website today or use your mobile device to, to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online, where the game starts. All right. I think before uh, we end this 4th of July uh, holiday episode, you're listening to this Tuesday morning. Uh, I'm just going to throw out some random thoughts here before we get out. Um, Pac-12 Media Day is just a few weeks away on July 29th. Anyone care to guess what <laughs> which topic Pac-12 Commissioner George Klyovkov uh, is going to want to talk about the least? Yeah, I feel bad for the guy. He, he seems like a really cool, straightforward guy. Someone, you know, he talked a good game when he arrived. He was in a fight. He wanted to make football more of a priority. But look, he walked into a raging, out-of-control, five-alarm fire that Larry Scott lit before he was shown the door. And there's just nothing he can do to, to save this. So I, I understand he's going to do whatever he can to, to shine, put a positive spin on this uh, on Pac-12 Media Day. But I'm looking forward to that just to, uh, to, to hear the reactions. Speaking of reactions. Um, how many times will the player reps from each of the teams that are going to be there who aren't from USC and UCLA uh, going to be asked about their thoughts on the situation? You know, look, a lot of these players um, thought they were good enough to be to be recruited by USC and to a lesser extent UCLA, and they weren't. So they already have a, a chip on their shoulder. Um, hopefully the the media doesn't press this issue too hard with them because this should be about them and their teams, and they shouldn't be asked to speak about two teams every single time a question comes up. Um, it's just a little unfair in my mind. I'm going to do my best uh, to not make the players feel, uh, I don't know, is intimidated the right word or uncomfortable? Maybe awkward is the best way to put it. Although uh, I might get a, a, a giggle um, or two when it's time to talk to the Oregon and uh, UCLA players for different reasons. Um, another thought, uh, since UC, USC will be traveling further uh, when they join the Big Ten, one of the thoughts I had, is the Big Ten going to send USC to Indiana twice in the same season? or even three times when you think about it, you know, there could be some scheduling quirks in there where, you know, on those years that end in an odd numbered year, you know, with the big 10 say, Hey, you got to go play Indiana. You got to go play Notre Dame and Purdue. Can't see that happening, but with the way things are changing and how things are going in college football, you never know what's going to happen. And, what if everybody knows that USC plays Notre Dame in October uh, in the years that end in an odd number? Well, if Notre Dame joins the Big Ten, what happens 
if that that conference game now gets pushed into November, uh, how about a new tradition, a new USC Notre Dame weekender, um, where the basketball team travels along, and you get to see a basketball game and a football game on the same weekend. I don't know how viable that is. If they can make that happen, maybe basketball Friday night, football on Saturday, um, or basketball on Sunday. Who knows? Uh, but that's just, you know, I don't know. I think that would be kind of a cool idea. I don't know about anybody else. Um, I'm enjoying watching Oregon have to kind of beg their way into a, <laughs> into a conference right now. We know that the Big 12 is interested, but the Big 12 has to be wary that, you know, if the Big 10 ever came calling, would Oregon throw away the Big the Big 12 to join the Big 10? Um, for me, it's, it's fun seeing Oregon fan have to understand their fate in life. You know, they kind of thought they were, they were Moses and they had wandered the desert long enough and they had finally reached that promised land and they got there. And then they were told, you know what? You can look from over there, but you can't cross this line. You're not allowed in. That's who Oregon is right now. They're kind of stuck in limbo. They don't know where they're going. They're continuing to have to wander the desert. So uh, until then, until we know what Oregon is doing and where Washington is going, and, and until we find out, you know, the fate of the Pac-12, or I guess we should start calling the Pac-10 because USC and UCLA are no longer going to be a member of this conference in, in 2024. So when you're not listening to me here at Locked On USC, head on over. You can always get more on the Pac-12 by making Locked On Pac-12 your second listen every day uh, with your with your host, Spencer McLaughlin, and the local experts of Locked On. They'll take you across the Pac-12 in 30 minutes. Make Locked On Pac-12 your second listen, Locked On Pac-12. And you might as well start getting accustomed and acquainted with Locked On Big Ten. They know what your team is up against across the Big Ten with Locked On Big Ten. Every day, your host, Nate Dickinson, and the local experts of Locked On take you across the Big Ten in 30 minutes as well. So make Locked On Big Ten your second listen, Locked On Big Ten. All right, everybody. We'll talk to you next time on Locked On USC. And when you're not listening to me here, head on over to wearesc.com and then check out our this week's episode of Inside the Trojan Huddle. I think you're going to enjoy it. Fight on, guys.